Quigley in five, underwater in the yellow lane. Jess Carling of Great Britain. Quigley goes through, the silver to Jess Carling, wonderful silver medal for Great Britain. Welcome to the Honest Athletes podcast with Lauren Quigley and Jazz Carlin. Welcome back to the Honest Athletes. Um, we have season two. Season one was great. We loved it and we are super excited to be back for season two. Thank you for everyone's messages of support from last season, for listening, for watching if you're watching and just the support in general to, to carry on and, and come back with the season two. I know that Jazz and I are really excited. We've got some great guests lined up. And this first episode is going to be all about British trials, Olympic trials. It wasn't Olympic trials. It was the, what was it? The, the British Swimming Selection Trials 2021. 2021, that's the one. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Um, Jazz was actually there last week for the British Swimming Selection Trials. And she did a fantastic job of interviewing the athletes and commentating on the heat sessions as well. So it's really good that I get to have first hand of basically chatting to Jazz um, about it and hopefully asking the questions that everyone that's listening wants to know. So first of all, Jazz, welcome back. It's nice to be back, I know. How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, it's a bit crazy. I think even as a swimmer, when you get back from like an intense competition, big competition, you get back and it's like, you feel quite drained. Um, and it's like, you kind of have a bit of a hangover. I say it like a swimming hangover where you kind of feel like you've gone through a lot of emotions and you feel a bit wiped out and a bit like spaced out. Um, so even though I wasn't actually swimming and wasn't racing, I still felt a lot of emotions and um, yeah, very difficult. You go through the highs, the lows with everyone and you, I really felt it, you know, I felt it with the swimmers that had great swims. I was right up there with them, just elated for them. And then I guess the swims where people weren't so happy, I really felt I really felt for them. And so I think, you'd know, as we've been through it all, you do still really understand, you know where these swimmers are coming from. They've worked very hard. And especially this year with so much disruption and I guess a lot of training that's been affected. Um, it's been a tough year and having to reassess your goals, you know, from 2020 to 2021. Um, not having any spectators, being in this strict bubble, it is intense. And I think it did intensify some feelings for some people and being stuck in four walls in a room for most of your day was very intense. But, you know, for me to be there, um, I just loved it and to be part of it. And it was actually my, well, I went to my first Olympic trials in 2004. And so it was my first time actually not going to an Olympic trials or not swimming in an Olympic trials since 2004. Um so it's a bit crazy, really. Um, but, you know, I, I loved it and it was great to be there and some fantastic swimming, which really amazed me. I wasn't sure whether it would be slightly affected because of having no spectators and because of the different conditions and because of training, I guess, having been a bit disrupted. But I was amazed at how good it was. What was it like to watch? Yeah, it was, I was just going to say, it's, it was obviously a different um, trials different than we've ever seen before obviously due to everything that's going on really difficult as well I think for a lot of swimmers I know you've just said it was the first one that you haven't gone to and I think a lot of people who qualified would have loved to have gone to but couldn't and um, weren't allowed or 
or I know that, that a lot of people did qualify and, and couldn't go. Um, and that, that will have been difficult for me. Yeah, it was it was exciting to watch, even more so that I could hear your voice and you were interviewing because it was just so nice that I'm like, there's Jess. And a lot of people actually contacted me like, is Jess commentating? Oh, she's doing great and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it was so nice to to hear someone who's been there and done it and talking about it and someone close. So it was exciting for me in that sense. Also, it was just, it's going to be good to speak to you actually about behind the scenes, I think, because it was different. And obviously, I don't know, I mean, watching the heat, the final, sorry, there was a big gap between each final. I'm presuming so that everyone can get their stuff and, you know, clear out for the next lot to come in. Just things as simple as that are different for the athletes. Um, and I and I actually have a few questions that I was thinking about in terms of even just as simple as warming up. Did the swimmers have a certain time slot to warm up or could they all just, just get in and whenever they wanted? And, and that's different as well. Um, so, yeah, what, what was it like behind the scenes? Yes, yeah, so as you said, even things like a warm-up, Traditionally, swimming competition warm-ups are chaos, you know? There's hands flying everywhere, people turning on people. Um, It can get quite vicious, and sometimes it's like a crazy place. It's like the zoo, you know, Um, in a swimming warm-up. And it was very different. And again, as you said, my heart does go out to so many swimmers, you know? And I think British women would have loved to have had more swimmers there, you know, to experience that, to swim at the Olympic pool, because that was the plan uh, a year ago, you know, to get as many people in and to get people to experience it. And to people, that for me, going to my first Olympic trials at 13 years old, obviously I had no chance of making the Olympics and I was trying to make a junior team, which I didn't actually do, but um, I was going there and for that experience was vital. And I think it was gutting that, the kids like my heart breaks for all the kids that haven't been able to experience that and swimmers that haven't been able to go and watch and real get the feel of that kind of Olympic excitement. But I think the only saving grace was there was a live stream, which was nice. And a lot of people were tuning in, but it was a very different trials. As you said, it's, um, it's not, it's not been the same and we can't expect it to be the same. We can't expect to have um, so many people there. And even for me, for the past however many months, three and a half months, maybe more, I've just seen like my bubble of people, you know, Um, and to be around a lot of other people, I actually felt quite anxious. And I was like, whoa, like I haven't been around this many people. And I'm in an environment where there's a lot of people around, seeing old faces, all this social contact. And I think that's definitely something that we're all gonna get get used to again, I guess, because, we haven't been around and been able to socialize and be out and about and our normal lives. And so there has been that kind of change. And we all had a COVID test um, on the Thursday before we went up. And then we had to have a COVID test. As soon as you arrived, you had to do, do a COVID test, go up to your room to wait for the results. And then if you obviously everyone came back, okay. And then you could then go down to your training slot. But it was very strict, you know, um, only having to go to the pool for certain times of training. Um, when you were there for warm-up, certain events were in certain lanes. Um, so it wasn't like you could just pick a lane, oh, I want to get in the lane that I'm going to be racing this morning or, you know, what some swimmers like to do, get ready 
safety. Um, so things were a lot different and even seeing them like spray with sanitizer down all the chairs after every single heat, the handrails after every single heat, um, things were a lot different. I'm seeing, even for me, it doesn't sit that well with me seeing swimmers that are in like trunks or a swimming costume and wearing a face mask like I still can't get used to seeing that <laughs> yeah I know I think when I saw them walking out for the races in masks I was like where to be quite funny where do they even hook it in because they've got a hat on so you got your ears on oh I don't know so they, so they managed to like tie it back over their swimming hat so that seemed to be the technique um but there were a lot of things, you know, that were very different. And I guess, well, not having your family, friends, spectators there. And I think for a lot of swimmers, you know, that support system, having the family, having friends is like a release. It's an escape. It's a chill out. It's someone you can talk to. And it wasn't really that you could even speak to the swimmers because as soon as you had done your training session or your race you had to then go back to the hotel stay get get your food pick your food up from lunch and then take it back to your room so there was even no social contact at the hotel I think all the swimmers and um the people that were working there we were split over three hotels um and it was just very sterile you know just having to pick up your food and take it to your room and eating in those four walls and if you can imagine, I guess all those nerves and feelings that you do get before a competition and swimmers were having to deal with all that, but not being able to escape and go out for a coffee or go and see their family and speak to their family. I guess you could speak over the phone, but having that social contact. Mm. Yeah, it's just not quite the same. Mm. Um, so my heart did really feel for a lot of these athletes, you know, but... I was amazed how much they actually took it in their stride and it was just like part of the normal. I guess we had seen them race a couple of times and do similar things in Manchester. So they'd had a bit of practice with it there, but um, it was very different. And I guess adjusting to the new normal. And I think, you know, quickly, it's like, I guess your goals, you're so, so driven towards your goal that I guess even if things do change, it still doesn't change what you want to do. So I guess, we did see some amazing performances, but very different. Um, and again, as I said, making sure you warm up in your own lane, um, sticking to certain times. Like if you were racing on the last day, which quite a few people were racing towards the end of the week on their only swim, and you could only swim at certain times, training times, you had to book your slot. So there wasn't enough, like wasn't a lot of people in your training slot. And then you, you couldn't stick around and watch the heats or stick around and watch the final. You had to go back to the hotel. So once that training slot was over, you had then had to leave. So it's not even that you could sit around and watch the competition, get a feel of it. You had to go back to your room and then you could watch it on the live stream. So it was intense. And um, I put my hat, well, take my hat off to all these athletes that did it last week. I would have loved to have obviously seen more people racing to see more of that, I guess, Olympic trials and that feeling where seeing kids and exciting and in the Olympic pool, the London 2012 pool, the aquatic center, which is such a special venue. I would have loved to have seen it full, but we're very lucky that it did go ahead and that these swimmers did get the chance to race and the opportunity to race. Um, so we've got to be grateful of that, but yeah, it was, it was hard not seeing, you know, a lot of kids there and excitement. Um, even in the stands, there was like, crosses like red cross red cross red cross green tick where you can sit and it's red cross so you had to sit at a distance and they were all marked out on these seats um 
so not even be able to sit next to your teammate or this or that you know it is it was a very funny intense environment really yeah it, it definitely sounds it I I can't imagine it I really can't imagine it and although you know like we've said our hearts go out to those that weren't able to to get there they weren't able to get there and and those swimmers I hope keep keep pushing forwards keep motivated because there'll be more opportunities and you know unfortunately that was just the case of how it was going to go ahead and it did go ahead and it was absolutely fantastic I mean every coach volunteer you know the teams you guys you and AJ you know every everyone that was involved did a fantastic job with it so hats off to you all to be honest it sounds super strict and I can't imagine as an athlete to not have my family there or people supporting or to see your teammates or, you know, even in swim down just to stop and have a chat with someone. I can imagine that was like, oh, maybe don't do that, you know, because if you get, if you catch it, that's it. So that's, you know, all that training that you've been lucky enough to be able to do down mm. the drain, really. And the performances of uh, most were absolutely amazing considering everything um i know that they're lucky to train and there'll be a lot of people that are frustrated but no crowds the strictness of it all no family and friends you know you've got the time slots you get your lunch take it up all of that and they swam unbelievable and there were some real standout performances that was just amazing to watch and a real pleasure to watch um, my, and the coaches as well have done a fantastic job with those athletes you know let's not forget those guys so for you then Jazz um, watching you were there I know the atmosphere wasn't quite maybe what it could have been but I'm sure that you got a real good feel of some of those races I was wondering standout swims for you any athletes that you you know come to mind straight away well even let's just take it back slightly is when I turned up, I was actually incredibly amazed at how like athletic, especially like the girls, like the women there racing, how strong and how like great they looked and seeing as like a lot of these guys have had a few months out of the water. They, they weren't able to train for a very long time and we're doing what a lot of clubs are doing now. Well, hopefully some are back in the pool, but you know, training at home, um, they were doing home workouts. They were doing this at home, that at home, trying to stay fit. And so I was actually amazed at how good they looked. And I think this time has definitely allowed people to focus on some of their weaknesses or work in other areas. And it's definitely paying off because I thought they looked great and obviously to see them all perform so well. So I think if it could give a bit of hope or if it could inspire some people that they have actually gone through a tough period of not being able to train to and look how well they've come out the other side so I think if you are one of those swimmers coming through or even some family like support of swimmers um there is like a light at the end of the tunnel and you can get there and you can come out stronger the other side and that's talking to the coaches and they say they're amazed at how quickly and it's actually made coaches realize you know sometimes in training if you miss a swim or if you miss a few days you're like oh no like I can't like I'm not going to perform as well I'm not going to race as well and it's like really you've missed a few days whereas these guys have missed months of training and just been doing home training training in the gym a bit more at home and stuff um how well they've come out the other side 
So I think that should definitely be some positives for those swimmers that have watched and that are like going in that return to training now that they can be better and it won't take them too long before they're back at their best. Um, but yeah, standout performances. Oh, I mean, there were so many. So many. Honestly, it's actually quite crazy. I think um, watching Molly Renshaw and Abby Wood was one of my highlights, both uh, Molly break the British record. Abby was also, I think, under the British record too, but obviously Molly was ahead of her. Um, both under the consideration time and teammates and friends, and that was great to watch. Um, my favourite interview was probably with Kieran Bird after the 400 freestyle. He dropped a four-second best time and... Like he was just smiling from ear to ear, you know, when like you just feel it and you're just so happy for someone. And he came out and he was just like, I can't wait to call my mum. And I was like, this is just amazing. Like, and it's so true, you know, all the family, they do play a huge part. And, you know, you want to be able to share that moment. And his obviously not being able to see his family, just couldn't wait to call his mum. And then obviously on the last day, you do watch that men's 200 metres freestyle was just incredible you know it's um some of the events were some of the best events i've ever seen in britain um so there was a lot of real impressive really impressive performances and racing and um yeah just saying the swimmers just looked in great shape they looked ready to race and i think it's probably made people appreciate you know when we can race we need to make the most of it and really enjoy it because obviously they know that kids at home won't be able to do that so they're I guess representing all those swimmers as well and really just grateful to be back out there racing um what were your favorite performances from watching on the stream I mean there were so many it's unbelievable I sat down yesterday uh, because I knew we were obviously filming this today and went through just to have a look at the results again and I actually wrote down some things here just but I, I was writing for races and then I just I just kept going. I was like, this is the whole program I've written down here. I think just if we're if we're talking about being motivated or swimmers looking up to other swimmers or whatever, I think last week was a perfect way to introduce being able to go back to swimming again. Because I know that a lot of youngsters in England, I'm not sure what's going on in Scotland and Wales. Are Wales open pools yet? I'm not. Not yet. I believe it's early May, but it starts with kind of one-to-ones and the more of that kind of stuff, individual stuff. And then the clubs hopefully will be back in a few weeks after that. Right. Well, I think, you know, swimmers hopefully watched all the races last week and did get some motivation from it because that's what I got. And I'm not getting back in like that, but I just, I definitely felt positive about the team that they're, they're hopefully going to be sending out to, to Tokyo. I think the sprint freestyle girls, there's a consistency within Freya Anderson, Anna Hopkin, Pocket Rocket. Um, and the nice thing about Anna was I messaged her over a couple of the days and she said, you know, hopefully more to come. And I just love that. I think where they're at now, like you've just said, they can all build on what they've done off a year that's been so different from every other year that anyone's ever done. I mean, Holly Hibbert, I used to train with Holly, so I was screaming for her to get on that consideration time in the 400. She just missed out. But her and Amy Wilmot, um, one of my... Well, Amy was my roommate on the GB team. Her and Holly, uh, 400 iron for Amy, 400 free for Holly, they were just gutsy swims. They were like... it's 
me against the clock here. And so they both went out for it and it was both races incredible to watch. Amy got under the consideration time. We've spoken quickly about Lucy Charles Barkley in the 1500. Very interesting to see Lucy go from swim to try and then jump back in the pool and go for the 15. Um, I'm going to tell you something now uh, that we didn't speak out about before, but I also was messaging Lucy just to say good luck. And she said, motivation is to hopefully get an interview with Jazz, try and win and get an interview with Jazz Carlin, the legend is, is what she said. So I said, come on, you can, you can get this interview. You can get it. So um, I thought that was nice. So she just got touched out by Leah Crisp, obviously, but that would have been nice. And I was ready to to message you and be like, this is what it she was, said. Yeah, it was so tough because I was doing, in the mornings, I was doing the commentary. So being able to talk about all the summers, the races um, and all that kind of stuff. And then in the evenings, I was doing the poolside interview. So I guess that post-race interview and um, yeah, asking how, how it went, how were they happy with it, the swims, you know? And that's where I find it tough because obviously you feel it. You do feel it when the good when they've just missed the time and being able to because I relate you know I've been there so many times as well but for that 1500 I was on poolside I just interviewed Dan Jervis um which I actually found probably one of the toughest interviews because I just knew how hard he's worked for it how much he deserves it and what an amazing nice guy he is and I love Dan I think he's absolutely brilliant and I interviewed him and I was like quite emotional so I just finished with Dan and I'm so happy for him that he'd got under the consideration time in the 1500. And then um, they asked if I would go upstairs to do the commentating with Andy for the women's 1500, obviously to chat about the race. And with like the one-way system around the pool, honestly, I was like sprinting round to try and get up. And I got up to the commentary and I was out of breath. And I was like, because I was a bit flustered as well from talking to Dan and all these thoughts and emotions. And I was talking so fast and Andy was like, slow it down because <laughs> I was talking too quick. I mean, I probably do it on this podcast too. I could probably slow down. Slow. I'll excited. slow it down. I'll slow-mo it in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that women's 1500, you know, it was, it was great to see Lucy just get stuck in. And I think obviously from her background of swimming and I, read a lot about her actually um before just to be more aware of her swimming story I guess she's quite a bit younger than me um but she made the final for the 800 at 2012 trials I believe and she said she kind of lost that love for swimming after 2012 and just what an incredible journey and even talking about her on the live stream and saying that the 1500 to her She's normally used to doing a 3.8 kilometer swim, like a 180 kilometer, 180 kilometer bike, and then a marathon, like run. And you're just like, is there anything she can't do? And I love how she just goes into every race, like even seeing her do the Super League triathlon or even seeing, she just seems to get stuck in and love it and love racing. Um, and so it was actually great to see her go up against, you know, the 1500 for women is the first time that is ever going to be in Olympics this year. So it's still very new. Um, but just seeing her, you know, um, the consideration time is tough. It's, it's world-class time, you know, because they were based off the world records, a certain percentage, I think. And, you know, when you've got Katie Ledecky, that's just incredible. Um, it would think it was 1604, I think the time was. Wow. 
which is pretty swift. Um, but just to see Lucy get stuck in and like, she just loved it and talking to her afterwards. And I guess she said she hadn't raced in a pool since 2019 and um, she had no real expectations. She just wanted to see what she could do. And I think that's when you see someone that's just loves racing, enjoys it. And that has no fear. I guess she's come from doing Ironmans, come second place. At Kona. For her. Second place. <laughs> is it second place at Kona three times, I think. Yeah. Um, and then just turning up to like the Olympic trials, selection trials or whatever, just to give the 1500 a go. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like so impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I actually loved watching her and talking about it because it's... Um, yeah she's a great ambassador for sport and yeah, how she just sport gets, in general yeah. yeah and how she just gets stuck into every single race and has no expectation just goes for it i'll give that a go yeah, and yeah. i loved watching her and it was great to talk about actually yeah. um because obviously there's so many different things that she can do and swimming is a real strong one um and talking about a stroke and I definitely think well she definitely has better swimming turns than I ever did <laughs> <laughs> even though for years she's been doing open water um and no turns I guess she trains in the pool but she doesn't have to have great turns for um the open water um and she definitely had better turns than me and I trained for for that you know yeah 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 <laughs> definitely yeah i know absolutely phenomenal uh obviously a st- standout for me well they're all standouts so i'm not gonna lie but i think obviously for me backstroke's always one that i'm gonna look out for and there was a couple of people that i used to train with race have you know history with great friends uh kathleen dawson my gosh the 100 backstroke, 58-2. Second in the world, is she now? Just Unbelievable. Off, just off the British and European record. And what I loved is she was, like, surprised that she'd done that <laughs> swim. And, and, like, I loved that reaction because she was just in shock that she'd been able to do it. Whereas when you talk to the coaches and everyone's like, yeah, she's flying, she's ready to go. Yeah, um, yeah. But actually that realisation that, oh, I've been able to do that. And I think there's so much more to come and she really seems yeah. to found what's working for her and it's working very well oh well she's definitely figured out the 100 backstroke formula for sure and she she's such a lovely person that you want people you you we obviously want everyone to do well but those people that you know and you know are lovely like it's just amazing to see stuff like that um and then obviously you've got cassie wild just behind her so those two i think are a force to be reckoned with should be great to watch them um special mention to georgia davis actually i know a great friend of yours as well um there's a lot of history there behind georgia and she's done such amazing things in swimming so it was just nice to see her walk out uh, uh, maybe things that the younger ones don't quite recognize but obviously we recognize what sh- the amazing things she's done so there's yeah, a few I people think like that it's, it's been it's been tough for the likes of um obviously we talk about the return to training and everyone that has been back to training is very lucky that they've been able to train and actually get back to it. But you know, with the likes of like Georgia and Ben Proud who are used to training out in Turkey with their coach, James Gibson. And like, they haven't been able to do that, you know, and they've had to, I guess, adapt their training with their coaches and do different things. Um, And my heart did go out for all of those guys, you know, that they haven't been able to train like normal and, there has been some disruption and Ben Proud like swam incredibly well. Um, but, you know, Georgia getting that consideration time and 
you know, I feel that pain. That's in 2012, I got the consideration time, but I was fourth. And obviously they only take the top two. So I felt, I felt, I felt, felt it too. And I think it's a tough one, you know, it's with so much experience, but you know, sometimes when two, two people ahead of you, or even in my time, it was three ahead of me that have had great swims. You just have to, I guess, hold your hands up and just, you know, that's all you could do on the day. And at times it is very tough, you know? It is that harsh very- reality, isn't it? It's the harsh reality of sport. It's like, yeah. You can do amazing and still not make it, and it and it's it's tough. It's really tough. Um, and again, I know that you have, you know, this girl, Alice Thomas. She is just the proof of patience and consistency. If you just keep going and you love it, you'll you'll do well. And so to see her qualify as well, I'm sure for you, Welsh swimming, uh, it's always nice to every time I see a, someone from Wales, like you said, Dan, who's just a lovely guy, and you love to see it. I think the Welsh swimming community really gets behind each other. So I'm always like, if I see a Welsh swimmer, I'm like, Jazz will be dead happy. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it was great, you know. And I, I think you do need people like that in the sport, you know, like Alice making a first Olympics at 30 years old. Like when I qualified for my first Olympics at 25, that was seen as like she's old, you know, to be making first <laughs> Olympics. But like to see Alice come out race and get under that consideration time at 30 I think that should give hope you know to some people if they're having a tough time or if they can't quite see that kind of final end goal or training isn't going so well or they're not feeling as motivated it can get better and you can get over those and even seeing some of the junior athletes um coming through like Abby Wood and you say Kathleen Dawson that great junior athletes and then kind of I guess sometimes finding out and it's finding your way into that senior program that senior team um and they all had real breakthroughs and I think that's what's so good to see is you know some of those younger swimmers that have been able to really make that transition and make those times and make their name in the senior in the senior teams like Brody Williams and Kieran Bird and Jacob Peters. It's like just great to see those coming through and showing that some of those younger guys that they can, I guess, make that next step and be able to produce world-class swims like on the senior level and race against the, the toughest guys in Britain. So um, yeah, I loved that. And, you know, Sport, as you say, it's a cruel world sport. There is um, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, and that's why everyone loves watching it so much. But, you know, when you're living through it, it, it is tough. Yeah, definitely. I know you mentioned them before, but Molly Renshaw and Abby Woods, unbelievable. Um, Alicia Wilson as well, second in the 200 medley. Um, what swims in America? She's in America um, at Cal, and, um, but she came back to the return to training at the bath working with my old coach David McNulty so and then she went back to America when she was allowed but again for those athletes that train away or have been able to you know it's tough and and Alicia not being able to have like her coach from America or her teammates she said spoke about that in her interview and you really feel it because spaces were limited even with coaches you had to apply and get access like get granted I guess to go permission to go because everyone was in that bubble including all the officials everyone that was working there everyone was in a bubble coaches um so we all had to stick to these rules and I guess being able to stay in the hotel room and everyone took it in but you know you got to feel for those swimmers that didn't be able well weren't allowed to have their coaches there their coaches teammates or whatever even seeing like Millfield um, or 
Mount Kelly and like normally they'd have a load of swimmers there, you know, but they could only have like five or six or whatever. So um, it's tough when you don't have that big group behind you. And that's one thing that makes it so exciting, I think, is when you've got your teammates cheering you on in the stands. You've got, you know, they're all behind you and they're supporting you because you train with them every day. So when you don't have that, I can imagine that's very tough, you know, to go through that and not have that support system there. Did you manage to speak to I know it was very strict but did you manage to speak to Hannah Miley because I think you know considering she had shoulder surgery within the last year and she was in and still racing loads um did you manage to catch her at all did you see her she she did a, a, an amazing week so yeah I saw Hannah and um as she said for her it was the first time that she'd raced for a long time I think it was three months ago she was having surgery on her shoulder so you know I took my hat off again for her standing on those blocks and just taking what she got and to be able to build from that and um it is tough you know we've spoken about it a lot injury illness on one of our episodes and we do talk about it a lot I guess when there's times where you can't be at your best and training hasn't gone so well and it is tough, you know, building back into it. But to see Hannah there, Hannah is just the best ambassador for sport. The, she's been on the GB teams, I think, since, well, I don't even know, 2007, 2006, maybe. Um, and her attitude and her positivity. And, you know, for her, it was just doing like a step and making progress and being back racing was just a great thing for her to do. Um, but there are other opportunities for swimmers to top up. I think we'll find out more this week when the team's announced, but there will still be other opportunities to race um, at Europeans, which I think is in May. And um, also I think they've got a competition maybe in Glasgow or Manchester. I think it's Glasgow um, coming up. So there will be opportunities for swimmers to, I guess, if they've maybe not achieved that consideration time or just missed out or obviously had like, an injury or whatever there will be other opportunities to race um so yeah rooting for all those guys i guess that will still be chasing to get on that team definitely yeah um and just to touch on the lads because i realized that was all girls but there was some absolutely amazing male swims as well a few of them have pre-qualified so um i know that there was there would be pressure off for some of those athletes but there was a young a young lad, Matt Richards, freestyle, 100, 203, just unbelievable. Like you said, that 203 was amazing. And I can't imagine, to be honest, Jazz, being there and actually seeing it as one of the few people to, because the hype around it was amazing, the build-up for it. What was it like to actually watch those lads do that? Yeah, it was um it was crazy really and I was actually quite sad that we didn't have spectators in for those like really tight close races and I guess that men's 100 free and the men's 200 free was some real like it was stacked you know um and what made me laugh obviously doing the poolside interviews and Duncan came out of his 100 free nice and, and he'd equaled his best time in British record to the exact time and I said, Duncan, like you've equaled your British record. How like how was that swim for you? And he was he was disappointed to like equal his British record and his best time. And like I was I was laughing. So obviously, yeah, you do want it's great. And I think the thing is, it's we talk about it a lot. I think sometimes it is good to be able to think, oh, where I'm at and be happy. But also I as an athlete we spoke about you always want more you always want to be chasing to be faster better stronger um 
but to see that men's 200 free, it just blew me away. And yeah, seeing like Matt Richards step up and racing against like Duncan, who's a world medalist, racing against like James Guy, who's like world champion, like trying to like step up and race against the block. Some people will be intimidated, but it was great to see them step up and perform, you know, and getting under that consideration time, Matt in the 100 free. Um, and then I think he was third in the 200. So like, there was just some incredible swims. And as I said, it was just sad that spectators and family couldn't be there to experience that first swim. Um, so that's why I wanted to make that commentary and those interviews quite special. Cause I felt like a lot of these families are at home and you know, they, they, they're dying to be there to watch their, to watch their kids swim and to watch them qualify or get under that consideration time. Um, so that's why I wanted to make it special for them because I knew like it would be tough watching at home, but, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those times and you never know, you never know when it's going to get back to some kind of normal, but it was great to just have some racing back on. Well, you did definitely do that for the families and for, for everyone, really, you made it super exciting super special it was a, a week that will go down in history in terms of some of the performances but as well the fact that it was able to go ahead and the way that they they managed to do that I think they probably the swimmers may, may have enjoyed a bit less people on poolside but actually if you can do that and if the, all the staff and everyone involved can make it work then I think going back to hopefully some kind of normal will be will be super nice and a bit of a breeze to be honest or not who knows but yeah if we've missed anyone's swims I mean Adam Peaty unbelievable but you can you, you just can't imagine having that many fast times fastest times in the world crazy really because I think sometimes with Adam it's just part of the normal yeah and that's the problem some... I think you you yeah. go yeah he's, yeah he's done 57 but actually we sometimes take for granted like I guess because we see him perform so well, so consistently that it is just kind of like expected. Whereas like when I said to him, when he got out and I said, no man has ever gone under 58 seconds apart from obviously him. And he just did it for the 15th time. He's now got the top 20 all time hundred breaststroke. So the 20 fastest swims ever, and he's got them. And even then, like I said to him in his interview, and I said, we sometimes wonder how you're going to get faster, but he always does. And he always performs. And he's performed at the highest level, winning Olympic gold in front of thousands of people. And he's still turning up and like producing two absolute world-class swims with no spectators and no fans and nothing. So even when it's just the British selection trials and he's raced against the best in the world and at the Olympic level, you know, world level, and even turning up with all that, and he still still brings incredible swims. So, yeah, sometimes, obviously, I think we do say other performances that have, I don't know, been a bit more of a surprise or been standouts, but we can never take away from the fact that they are two world-class swims and, like, he is just out of this world and um, an incredible competitor to watch. Yeah. Unbelievable. I would like to touch on really just your experience from Olympic trials. Mine, I went to my first one in 2008, it was for Beijing. 
the heats were in the at night, the finals are in the morning. So it was great for me because I was never going to make a final. So actually I got to swim at night in the heats and give it my, you know, my best shot. And I actually did the 800 there and everything. But I was 13 at the time and it was just a big learning event for me, really. London 2012 was great. I think I came third in the 100, fourth in the 200, something like that. That's when the because the pool was brand new they had the underwater speakers and left them on by accident so heard the commentary for the race I was actually in on the 200 back so that was an experience and qualified for the junior events from that and then the 2016 Olympic trials were a story that will be good another podcast because I don't want to take so much time but I went to those in a real bad place a real bad place Um, and not 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 wanting to qualify for the Olympics, but also just numb, not really care, not really caring about it. And I remember just stood in the call room for the hundred back, just about to walk out and thinking, I don't care if I come last here. I just want to get out of here. So my experiences of Olympic trials are quite varied, but coming from someone who didn't qualify and then qualified, I would love for you to just just chat about your experiences with with Olympic trials because it's a stressful time. Yeah, I think it's very difficult to say, even last week, like I felt there's just like an intensity um, around it. And I think that is mainly because the Olympics is only every four years. So um, it's not like you've got next year. It's not like two years. It's like you've got to wait another four years. Well, in this case, three years. Um, till the next Olympics. So I think that brings a level of intensity in itself, that it's the Olympics. Um, Obviously, as I said, I went to my first one in 2004, I was 13. But again, just enjoyed the whole experience. I was just racing in the morning, you know, and and then at the night. So I just remember being so amazed and watching some of these finals and just loving watching it and like just in awe and, you know, standing up in a queue to get a couple of like the swimmers to sign things. And so I remember that very vividly. And then in 2008, it was, um, I'd just moved away as we talk about in the other podcast, in one of the other episodes, I'd been in Swansea for, well, just under a year, um, seven or eight months maybe that I'd been. So um, it was a very strange one. And it was also the time where some of these super suits were coming out, you know, um, thick ones. And I, I think I was quite nervous. So my first two swimmers I don't even think I wore them because I was like I don't want to wear a new suit going into a race but then when you realize that everyone else is wearing these super suits and I'm left with like this basic like knee suit that like wasn't doing anything for me I was like why didn't I um but I actually made the final in the 200 free I think I was only eighth and I think I went two minutes or something did I go 159 I think I went two minutes um but I made the top eight um but I think they took six, six or maybe seven to Beijing. Um, really? so I wasn't, yeah. So I think they took six for the 200 free because it was a huge medal opportunity in 2008. And so obviously you had um, Becky, Joe, Caitlin, Mel Marshall. Um, I think even Fran swam the 200 free back then. And so they wanted to take opportunity. They wanted to take other options. Um, so I had just missed out, I guess, in a relay opportunity, maybe having a chance to swim in a heat. Um, but everyone you take to the Olympics has to swim at least once. So you have to make sure that the team you take in, they're going to get a swim. 
So I would have had to have swam. So I guess it was a bit of a risky one when I was 17. Um, but I didn't really see it as, I just saw it as like another race. I didn't, I guess I didn't go in with any expectations or hopes of qualifying. I guess I was just going there to race and I'd only been with my new coach for seven or eight months. Um, whereas the Olympic 2012 trials, obviously in the London Aquatic Centre, um, where I've just come back from. And you know what, that was the t- one of the toughest, if not the toughest week, um, having to, well, had glandular fever and trying to manage training and turning up to a competition and knowing you're not in your best shape and you're, you're not as consistent, you haven't been able to perform as well. Having those thoughts when you're standing on those blocks isn't great, you know, starting a race. Um, so, you know, missed out... Um, on every event, I was closest on the 400, achieving the time, but coming fourth. And I just remember it. Oh, I'm I must so... say, though, we, the, at that time, well, all the way through, we, we've had, or we did have strong people in your, those events that you were doing. So it wasn't like you were lucky and, you know, you were first, but you maybe just missed or whatever. You, yeah. Tough. It was a tough field every time for you to get in and race. Yeah. So I think I maybe went four oh six three or four oh six six or something. And obviously the qualifying time for this time was four oh five ninety six. So I'd have been just off what the time they'd have set now. Um, but obviously I had three people ahead of me. It was stacked. You know that four hundred three used to be one of the strongest events in Britain. Having um, Becky and Joe both Olympic medalists in it. Um, it was a very strong event. Um, and I just remember gutted, obviously, that that's when we talk about that I nearly walked away from the sport, but the intensity of being in that environment and when you're not performing well, as we said, quickly, we talk, when you're not at your best or you're not feeling your best and when you're just a bit off, being in that environment is just not where you want to be. Um, and I guess having my family there at the time, you know, sometimes when people come up and they're like, you okay, it like makes you feel worse sometimes, you know, um, even last week and it's seeing people and it's, you know, you don't want to like, well, you couldn't hug people last week, but yeah. you can't yeah. even if you wanted to. Um, but it is intense. And I guess going away from that, it wasn't an enjoyable experience, but then I didn't know whether I was going to go on to another Olympic trial. So I think that's what kind of set in that was like, oh, I might not get another opportunity. Is that I might be done with the sport. Um, and then in 2016, it was probably when I should have been kind of one of my most confident but I had um an injury on my rib leading in um missed the time on my first two swims and I remember going um to a local coffee shop with my coach David McNulty and he had a coffee and I think I had a glass of milk (laughs) and he was like just trying to get this one last swim and he was saying why are you he said you look like you're swimming with like two anvils on your back like you just look so heavy in the water like I was carrying stress when I swam and I actually saw that a bit this week where you could tell with swimmers that were carrying that stress and when I guess when you think that this could be your last opportunity your last chance to qualify for an Olympics or you kind of feel that pressure and you just put so much pressure on yourself to do it and so um, I actually managed to come away with the time in the last swim. But honestly, that week, the stress, not being able to sleep, I was an emotional, I was sensitive, you know, like it wasn't comfortable at all. Um, and I think it's slightly different this year because, yeah, this year, obviously, they do have other opportunities. Whereas like, I guess 2016, 
it was like, you've got one week to be at your best. Like, again, seeing swimmers that are like carrying niggles, injuries and stuff like that and know that they're not the best, even though it's very difficult, they know that they've got other opportunities, you know? It's not the be-all and end-all at that week. Whereas 2016, knowing that you had one week to be at your best and if you're off, then you don't make the Olympics. Um, So it was a very stressful time, but I actually spoke about it to a few of the swimmers last week. I said, I think I was actually more stressed and nervous for the Olympic trials than I was for the Olympics because the stress just came off me and I could actually enjoy it all. Um, and I think, people you know, there say is... That, Jess. A lot of people do say the the trials, British trials or any trials at any in any country is the most nerve-wracking because you've got to make the team. It's making the team. You're on the t- once you're on the team, it's like I've just got to do my absolute best. There's no, mm. I still need to make it. So I definitely get that. I get that. Yeah. So it was like really looking back, it was very strange. And even like going and being in that environment, you do kind of feel like you're in a bit of a pressure cooker, you know, where everything is a bit intense. And um, like I just felt, I felt for the swimmers, I felt, I guess, for the swimmers that couldn't be there. I felt for those. I felt for the swimmers that were there and it wasn't having, not having their family there and not having their normal experiences. Um, so it was very strange, but, you know, I guess being able to feel lucky to be there, to experience it, to see some incredible swimming and to see some swimming back racing. I think we need to see last week as the selection trials is like a reinvention of the sport to get back, to see what we can get back to and that swimmers can come out stronger the other side. So I think there are obviously lots of things to take away from it and to actually see positives and to see people excited about seeing swimming back again and racing. Um, but again, just a very strange experience. But, you know, it's I had some amazing messages, you know, off people on Twitter and social media of really enjoying the commentary and feeling like they could just connect, I guess, back again with the sport, connect back with swimming, which is what we all want. Now the pools are back open in England, um, or most of them are, I hope. Um, It's nice that people can get back in the pool. And as we said before, it's like building back into it and not expecting, having these high expectations of yourself so quickly, just building in and get and get into it again and start enjoying it. And, um, you know, you will feel better every single week and don't put all this pressure and expectation to rush back to training. Just take your time, enjoy it. Um, and yeah, there, things will start to get back to normal. Definitely. Definitely. It's like we've said, take inspiration from what's happened last week. If you weren't able to, and you're angry about it, do you talking in the water? I know it's difficult, but it is what it is. And you will come back better than before. You will, if you just keep loving it, keep training hard. And like I say, use it in the water, use it as motivation. It's nice to be back. It's so good to be back. You know, um, I think even with the commentary, being able to do the podcast and all the experiences that we've been able to talk about, I was obviously really nervous coming in. You know, it's my first time doing a bit of commentary, a bit of um, poolside interviews and being able to just, I think the podcast definitely helped me with the commentary and being able to talk and I guess be more confident. I think that's one thing I did struggle a bit with last week. Um, I guess being confident in something that I'm so new at and that, you know, 
we talk about it a lot, but like, I guess you have such high expectations of yourself and being an athlete, you're a perfectionist. And we talk about it, you know, athletes not being satisfied with certain things, but I'm like that in life. And I need to be able to pat myself on the back sometimes and think, no, you're doing your best and you've done a great job. And even the messages I got and reassurance um, was really special, but I guess we do need to, we talk about it a lot, be kind to ourselves and not always strive to be perfect. We can't, we can't be perfect, but accepting like the journey and enjoying it all and just relax. You know, sometimes I just put pressure on myself and even though I'm not swimming, I still want to do a good job and I wanted to show off the swimmers and I wanted to sell the sport, you know, and do them justice. So I've put a certain bit of pressure on myself, but I tell you what, it just feels great to be back chatting again, talking yeah. about all our experiences. And I'm really looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be great. Good. Well, like I said, definitely give yourself a pat on the back. You deserve one. You deserve a lot. Um, lots of people, I think, families, friends of the swimmers, um, just general fans of swimming, were it was great to hear you on that you did a great job you know it was it was awesome and I could say that's who I do the podcast with um, <laughs> so that was nice but no you did a great job you and AJ were a fantastic team and it, it was great to hear you on there um, so yeah give yourself a pat on the back girl <laughs> and get ready for season two where we're, we've got some good guests lined up and some good topics and we're just looking forward to seeing you all every Wednesday but thank you for listening to episode one of season two. We are back. And, you know, you can find us anywhere, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Anchor, all those things. Um, let us know also what you thought of the trials. We'd actually love to, to see what people are saying about it because it was exciting to watch. So any swimmers that you're excited to see later in the summer um, or great performances, just let us know. We'd love to hear. But thanks for listening. Anything else to add, Jazz, to, to the listeners? No, just thanks for all the support, I guess, that we've had so far. Um, obviously, you can follow us and speak to us on the, at The Honest Athletes on Instagram. Um, and, yeah, just we've really enjoyed it, and I can't wait to, to be back chatting about it. And, obviously, it's come back off um, the selection trials, but we just can't wait. You know, things are getting back to normal. Have some hope. Have some positivity because things are just going to get better. Um, but thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.